Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 31. We are going to be having a conversation about John chapter 12, verses 37 to 50. If you haven't read the passage already, I encourage you to pause the podcast, read those verses, so then you can follow along all the better as we have our conversation. Very good. How are you doing? Doing well. Good. I'm excited about um, I'm excited about doing this episode. Yes. So. All right. So let me ask you a question. Uh, we typically do that. Um, uh, why do you think people seek fame and acceptance of others? Hmm. I think there could be a lot of reasons. All right. Um, low level, maybe just attention. Okay. Um, I like attention. Yes. And usually, <laughs> well, and yes, and positive attention. But yes. I think even sometimes, I mean, you think of the the class clown in middle school, like he was interested, or she was interested in any kind of attention, you know, even the negative attention maybe. Right, but right. but I think it is about, hey, notice me. Right. Like, I, I'm here, you see me, you think I'm funny, you think I'm powerful. I think, yeah, we are all, to some extent, wanting to be noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Wanting to be known. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, the, you know, for me, just rejection feels bad. Well, like, <laughs> fair. Yes, the opposite is not desirable. Like, like we, I think we all want to be loved and accepted. And, um, and there have been times where people have rejected me, especially when I was, when I was growing up and, and, you know, looking to date. And, um, mm. you know, I'm not you know, like the six foot guy. And so I experienced a lot of rejection in my life and, and it didn't feel good. And so, so I think, I think that even drives and motivates people to do certain things to get, you know, attention. Some of that attention becomes uh, negative attention, but uh, at least they're getting attention. Yes. And so, right. uh, so why, why am I asking that? Well, in this passage, um, we're going to take a look at uh, a, a few a few different characters, and one of those groups, um, they they believe in Jesus, but they don't want anybody to know about it, mm-hmm. and they don't want anybody to know about it because of the consequences that might be associated with um, believing in Jesus. But but even prior to that, there there's um, there's another group that actually doesn't believe at all. Yeah, um, and that's kind of that's kind of. That's kind of interesting because we're just coming off Jesus doing a pretty big miracle, right? Right. Yes. The raising of Lazarus, that was our seventh sign. Yep. We've done, had them all. Um, all of these signs that point to who Jesus is, that he's the son of God. That's why John is telling us these. And yet there are people who still don't believe. And John uses some hard description for those people, which I think would be good for us to talk about because um, he's quoting Isaiah. And in verse 40, it says, he, meaning God, has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that they would not see with their eyes or understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. So God prevents people from knowing him. God hardens people's hearts. That's you hear that, and when you were reading it, I cringed because you know there are people out there who look at this and it's like God is some sort of moral monster. He's some sort of you know he's preventing people from believing, and on the surface, that's what it might look like. It's like 
I, I want to believe God, but now you're preventing me from believing. But that's not what, um, what the Isaiah passage is all about. That's not what the John passage is about. Now, notice these, um, these individuals, some of the Jewish people, they actually see all of the signs. I bet some had seen all seven of the signs. Yeah, it's possible. And they chose deliberately, premeditatively not to believe in Jesus. And, and so once they chose not to believe, they went so deep in their unbelief, God says, all right, I'm just going to let you not believe. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's not like there's that, that God stops them initially, is that they actually stop themselves. They decide they're not going to believe. And God says, you know something? I just will now take my hands off, um, off of any effort now for you to believe because yeah. you have gone so far in your unbelief. Does that? Yes. How- and, and I think it's also true to say that we are not naturally believers in God. Like yeah. in our natural sinful state, we don't believe. Right. So any of us believe because God has prompted that he's revealed himself to us. So it's not like these people are wanting to believe and God says, no, I'm hardening your heart. It's not that position. They're not from that position. It's, Hey, they are where we all are unbelievers. And they are just choosing, as you said, choosing to stay in that and and stiff arming or rejecting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once, and, and, you know, God is, again, we've already talked about this even, you know, from earlier episodes that God is not condemning anybody. Jesus yep. didn't come into the world to condemn. He actually wants people to believe. So the rest of Scripture bear out that God is is wooing people, pursuing people to believe, uh, and yet there are individuals who decide not to. So, 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 so let, let's dig a little bit deeper there. What, what do you think would cause someone to be blind to spiritual truth, where it's like, I'm not believing, don't want to believe, but there's, we, we see in this case, God says, okay, I'm going to just kind of let you go in that direction. But I would imagine there are some other things that probably blind us to spiritual truths that, um, so that, you know, when they come to us, we like, uh, push it away, don't want to believe. Well, I think particularly in our culture where we don't experience need. Yeah. I mean, we're, pretty satisfied and content with life as it is. And a lot of us have what we need. We have relationships and, and that's fine. We're not looking for anything else. You know, my husband uh, uses that phrase. I think I've mentioned on the podcast before cultivating a desperation for God in our culture. We don't have that. We are pretty comfortable. We feel pretty safe. And so I think that that can be part of it. It's not something we feel like we need. So we're not looking People aren't looking for it, and then they're not they're not seen. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like that. That again, you know, if if I'm fully satisfied, why I don't really need God, and so if I don't need God, whatever truths come my way, I'm going to reject them because you know they really don't pertain to me. And obviously, we have an enemy that keeps our eyes yep. blind yep. Uh, as well. So I, I just I think that's just an, it's interesting that these individuals they they saw. The works of power, but then they um, they refuse uh, they refuse to believe, um, and, and then John uh, you know asks some uh, he you know again he talks about a group of people even before we talk about a group of people uh, that group of people that those that group um, John tells us why Jesus came into the world why what what did he say that why Jesus actually came into the world. 
Verse 46, I believe. Verse 46. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in darkness. And we've had this light and dark image right off the bat in John 1. So here we see it again. What what makes what stands out to you from that? Yeah, I, I think you know Jesus is you know again showing the way. There's mm-hmm. um, you know these are individuals who are walking in darkness, and and Jesus says the reason I came into the world is because I I want you to see. I want you not to be blind. I want you to see the promises that um, that my Father has for you. And so um, we we see we see this sense that Jesus doesn't want us to walk in darkness, whether it is, again, physical darkness, but John is talking about spiritual darkness in this case, and yet there's a group of people who continue to choose, they, they continue to choose the dark side, um, no, no, no pun intended, not, not Star yes, Wars. Not Star Wars, <laughs> okay. They choose the dark side, and, 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 and you know, it, it must break the heart of God that I sent my son mm-hmm to be light to a dark world, to lead people away from darkness, to lead people away from sin. And again, they, they choose, um, they choose uh, to go in, um, in, a different, in a different way. So that, that was one of the things that kind of stood out to yeah, me. Yeah, and that next so. verse kind of explains it further. Jesus says, if anyone hears my words and doesn't keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. So Jesus's perspective is not nitpicking the darkness and, you know, focusing on that and all that's wrong. Like he, he just reveals the light. Yeah. He reveals the truth. It's through, he's come to save, not to condemn. Yeah. And I think that is an important distinction. I think sometimes we can get so focused on, oh, we've got to, you know, the darkness is, we got to get rid of the darkness yeah. and focusing on the darkness. And we forget that, no, actually let's focus on the light. Let's Let's proclaim the light. Let's reveal the light in our actions instead of judging, criticizing the darkness. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, man, you you're you're hitting on a point that is such a big deal uh, for Christians today. Um, I think one of the raps we get, um, and and I think it's probably it's it's given to us rightfully so, is that we talk about more that we are against than the things that we are for. Yeah, and so unbelievers look at the way we live our lives or even the way we condemn other people. We're not loving, you know, one of our badges of honor should be loving others. And when um, our world sees the way, how, sees how unloving we are, um, man, it, 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 it feels like even the condemnation is darkness, right? To some who are, uh, who are, uh, who are present. So I think being reminded that Jesus is light, that he didn't come to condemn um, it is, he says, I'm going to give you your choices. And once you make your choices, I'm not judging you. It is the very words that I give that actually brings kind of the conviction mm-hmm. uh, on people's lives. And so uh, I, I, I can never get enough of that kind of language, the John 317, this, yep. I've not come to condemn. So, And I heard a Madeline LaEngle, the author of A Wrinkle in Time, a quote, I'm not sure what this is from, which of her writings it's from, but I thought it goes so perfectly with this. She said, we draw people to Christ, not by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all of their hearts to know the source of it. That is perfect. 
I, I love that. that good. <laughs> I love that. That is that is super. I mean, it goes right into right. Uh, uh, it connects and aligns right with uh, what John says about Jesus. Jesus says, "Hey, I, I'm the light. Yep. It's the reason I came into the world." And I love that quote. And um, uh, again, perfect. Nothing else should be said. Anything about that? I love so it. I love it. now, now we probably want to back up a little bit because the you know I started off with the question getting the acceptance of others. Yes. Um, and in verse uh, forty-two and forty-three, um, there are individuals. We talked about unbelief, but then there are individuals who actually believe, um, and that's a good thing. But John says there's something else about them that. Um, we probably want to talk about as well. And uh, what, what did John say about them? Yeah. So they, as you said, many, it says many did believe in him, even among the rulers, but because of the, the Pharisees, of uh-huh. we're both English majors, the adverse yes. of but, so. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him so that they would not be banned from the synagogue. And here's the, the, the kicker for they loved human praise more than praise from God. Wow. That, and, and so like, you know, the craving of acceptance, um, not from God, but from human, human beings. And, um, and that caused them not to want to confess out loud and live out loud their faith in Jesus Christ. So what what do you think about that? Talk to me a little bit about what, when you read that passage, what, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, clearly they were more concerned with their reputations than, um, than proclaiming the truth of, of what they believed. And I, and I think that's easy too. I mean, we can go down that road yeah, pretty yeah. quickly of wanting to defend or not wanting to offend or, you know, and just uh, reputation management. My husband, uh, who's a football coach, who has lots of people who share opinions about <laughs> his, uh, his decisions on Friday nights over the years that has happened. And, uh, or parents who have thoughts on the, their son's playing time yep, and all the yep. rest. There's lots of people out there that have opinions. And a phrase that he uses quite often is that he just needs to trust his reputation to God. Yeah. You know, he needs to do what, what he believes is the right thing or the best thing. And then he just has to trust his reputation to God. He can't go chasing down all of those opinions and all of those, you know, rabbit trails. That would be a full-time job and fruitless, really. Yeah. So I, I think that I think that is valuable here. It would have been for those rulers to just trust their reputation to God. Don't worry about the position in the synagogue or all the rest. Like, trust your reputation to God. Stand up for what you believe. Yeah. Announce, you know, be be bold about that. But instead, they loved the human praise. They were more concerned about human opinion than, yeah. than God. Well, you're again. Your your husband is a wise man. Number one, uh, and I love that. I love that phrase. And it it could. It even sound like it comes directly from a, a kind of a, a, um, a polemic against, you know, what they were doing in yeah. terms of they weren't trusting their reputation to God. They were trusting their reputation to someone who could either accept them and in the same breath reject them. Yeah. And so, but in terms of trusting your reputation to God is, is he is someone who is going to um, who is going to accept you for, for who you are. Obviously, he's calling you up, but he's going to accept you for who you are and never, and never reject, uh, reject you. So I, I, love, I love that. And so I, you're right. We all get caught up in the acceptance of other people because it's, it's immediate. It mm. feels good. Um, the, the praise is there. 
And man, I feel good about myself. Like I did something well. Um, it, and it seems like, man, I can't really hear that from God like right away. Yes. I can. I have to trust his word that what he says about me is true and that his thought about my identity um, or my identity, the the substance of my identity has to come from him mm-hmm. and not from someone who's fickle and who will say, hey, Carolyn, you did a great job. And next breath, you stink. And it's like, whoa, now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what you really think of me. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, this, interestingly enough, my first sermon were these verses. Really? Yeah, That's my, my, the, my very first message in, when I began uh, preaching, um, th- these, this was my, my sermon text. And so I, like, I remember it to this day, and it was one of those things. The reason why I chose that is because when I was in middle school and high school, I became a believer, but I hid it. I hid what, what I knew about Jesus and my love for him. And so, um, so this was one of the texts that actually stood out to me because I was those individuals. And yeah. so. Wow. Very fun. Very fun. Well, what can we believe about God, ourselves, and others from this passage? Uh, I think one of the things I think we can believe about God is that, um, man, he is so desirous of seeing everyone believe. Yeah. Um, he's not out to condemn and judge, but he actually wants to see people um, accept his son as Messiah. And um, and it's he. I don't think he gets fun out of saying, okay, that's it, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to give you more opportunity. I'm trying to keep you from going down that dark hole of unbelief. And so I think that's one of the things I think we can believe about God is that mm-hmm. he desires everyone uh, to believe and turn turn to him. Yeah. And then I think the application for us is how we interact with others, not having a spirit of condemnation, yeah. but revealing that light. Uh, as Madeline Langle said, you know, making it so beautiful and attractive that they've got to know, boy, that's what I want more of versus the condemning critical spirit um, that sometimes we can utilize instead. So having that drawing people to the light, revealing the light of God's love, that's who I want to be. And that's who, and that's who Jesus was for sure. I think we should put that quote in the show notes because that's uh, such a, such a great quote. It is a good one. Well, friends, uh, thank you for joining us. And we encourage you to have your own spiritual conversation with a friend this week.